Hello. Hi, everybody. Are we, are we, are we oh, just we're starting? Good. No, we're good. Yeah, we're <laughs> just going to go. This is Sarah Westcott. This is Katie Willie. And this is To Be Read. Podcast that we talk about books and the cocktails that go with them. Why do I feel like you usually say that part? No, you always say that part. Oh my gosh, my brain is pickled from last night. Yeah, you got to go back and listen to our our beginning. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone? Yeah. What's going on, Katie? I mean, I just just saw you last night at book club. Yeah. Yep. I read that book. (laughs) You did. You did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else did you read? Anything? Um. I feel like I did, but maybe I didn't. No, I read this one. I read it really fast. And then the, the book club book took a little while. Really? I read that one kind of fast, too. It was like when I sat down and read it, I went pretty fast. But yeah. there was like a gap of like four days because we're still doing all this stuff yeah, in our house. Yeah. So I, I that book, by the way, was Lisa Jewell's uh, The Night She Disappeared, right? Yeah. That's what it was called? Yeah. That was a good one. I liked it. I did. I liked it. It was a fun conversation last night. Though, when we talk about books like that, like it quickly veers off topic because it's not like a heavy, like deep book yep. to delve into or whatever. Still a good time. To we hang still out. had a good conversation about the book. Yes. In, in, I mean, in general. Yeah. Every time we got back to it. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Um, I am currently reading a book called anatomy by Dana Schwartz and I don't know how I feel about it yet. Okay. Like I'm a couple pages in and I'm just like, uh Oh, I'm feeling a little bored already. Like mind wandering yeah. type stuff. And I'm like, shit, I'm not sure if I'm going to stick this one out, but we'll see. And I just one start a book, which I never you did end up doing that. Have done. Yeah. And what book was that? Oh, never let me go. I can't remember who the hell wrote that book. I'll have to look back into it, but it's about, it's a fun premise. Like you're, you're going to be like immediately when I tell you the premise, you're gonna be like, I want to read that kind of, but the, the premise is basically that, um, these psychopaths, you know, they're diagnosed psychopaths. They go into this, um, uh, college program. Basically the psychologist is like studying them, testing them and whatever, and trying to see like, you know, patterns that, you know, not everybody who is diagnosed as a psychopath, like does psychopathic things like murders people, kills, you know, whatever. So, I mean, it's basically that. Or do they? And some of them just get caught and other ones don't. Yeah, possibly. That's very (laughs) true. That's very true. So I don't know. It was kind of like that. They brought them to this college. Then, you know, of course you get a bunch of psychopaths in a situation together and something is bound to happen. Giant tinderbox. Yeah. And it just, it was kind of like, I don't know. It was kind of just a weird read it kind of skipped around all over the place it didn't really have like any footing anywhere i the only reason why and i told you last night i skimmed through a lot of it like i i just was like i don't need to read every word of this fucking book like i just want to see how it ends what happens at Mm -hmm. the end who killed these people and it was dumb (laughs) like it was kind of dumb so like i i could have dnf'd it but i actually you You just wanted to know i just wanted to know and like you said last night it was a a little tick mark in my in your list in my tv in my in my red pile for you know, I challenge. Want my challenge, yeah. challenge. I want fifty books this year, and I'm. You're way on. I'm. You're. I'm like ten books ahead. I think. Yeah. So I think I'll be. I think I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be, be good. I'm sure there will be a slowdown at some point. You know, like during summer, there's just not a lot of time to sit around and do nothing, and yeah. you know what I mean. But, um, so we'll see. We'll see. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. So, um, we are hosting Easter. Which Me too. I don't know why I said I wanted to do that because I just. Then trying to like figure out where I'm going to put that many people to eat in my house. I could just get all like, meh. who comes? Like who comes? Like um, it's going to be my parents, my brother and his family, and then Luke's parents and his brother and family, and then that is quite a lot of people. And then his 
aunts two aunts and, and uncle, and then Corey and Peyton are going to come from good Connecticut, Lord. And maybe Matt. And then I uh, was at an Easter egg hunt at my aunt's house over the weekend, and I saw my grandma, who I don't see all that often. I was sitting next to her talking to her, and I was like, so what are you doing for Easter? She's like, I don't know. Nobody's inviting me. I go, come to my house. And then I'm like, hmm, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I, what am I doing? But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. She'll probably bow out and go with my aunt, my other aunt. So okay. it'll be cool. Um, but I just... I don't know. There, there's stress involved in, like, the lead up to hosting something. But then, yeah. like, you know, when it's when it's all when said it's and done, done and you're, I'm like, just, just enjoying it, it's Right. And fun. having a glass of wine and having everybody there and exactly. then watching somebody else do the dishes. And it's it's not only is it just, like, the cooking that I get stressed about, but it's, like, all those other things with the holiday. Like, yeah. I need to do decorations. And oh, I yeah. need to be an Easter bunny. And I need to fill mm-hmm. eggs. And I need to get an Easter basket. And yeah. just, like, all the things and this and this and this and this. And then I probably should get a dress because I probably should go to church. And then, but if I go to church, am I going to be able to put the ham in the oven? Like, all the things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just really need to write it all down. Interesting. Anywho. I'm hosting too, but, you know, my family is very yeah. not religious. Yeah. So it's just, it's literally just a chance for us to get together and have dinner yeah. on it. And I, I, the only reason why I even wanted to have people over and host was because it's the first time in the new house. In the new house. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I'm like, okay, why don't, instead of waiting until Thanksgiving to actually do something, I'll have everybody over on Easter. Yeah. And um, so it's the same exact People who come to Thanksgiving dinner, no more, no less, yeah. and um, I'm excited about it. Do you but. not have aunts and uncles? Or are you just not close to I them, mean, or they do their own things? I have plenty of aunts and uncles, um, but the one on my the the my mom only has one brother, and um, him and his wife live, you know, hours away. Um, so that's not, you know, whatever. And, um, my dad's family, yes, I have plenty of aunts and uncles. My dad is the oldest of nine children and they all live around locally. Um, but yeah, that's just not really, I grew up with all of my cousins, like in a room, like, you know, like doing these things together. But as we all grew up and like our grandparents passed away, my grandfather passed away, like Jesus, like almost 20 years ago now. Um, since then it's kind of like dwindled off and you know we do like our own little family stuff and um some of my dad's family are people i don't really associate with that much i'm just trying to be diplomatic in a a, i feel like i met them at your wedding yes you have and (laughs) um some people are not some of them are i they're my family so i love them but they're not always worth the energy the energy and and yes what it takes to be in a room with them um that's that's all I need to say on the yep. matters. <laughs> that works. Um, so we do have. Um, I don't have my phone. I don't know if you still have them in your email, but we did have two yes. readers yes. or listeners write in. Um, I want to. Let's see. Hang on. Let me just get there really quickly. Um, uh, a listener of ours, Jen McIntosh. She is a friend of mine. Um, I've known her for a while, and she. When I posted the Instagram pictures of the Philip Pullman book, um, you know, the uh, um, the Golden Compass, she commented on it. Did I ever tell you my story about Philip Pullman, the dinner with Philip Pullman? I'm like, I, maybe you did, but I don't remember. But please send that but in. But you need to, to email can it. Can you email yeah. it in? So she emailed, um, many moons ago when I worked as a YA librarian, I was part of a local group of librarians and authors, uh, Children's Literature Connection. We had regular conferences with guest speakers. One year, and this must have been early 2000s, so shortly after the books were published, we had Philip Pullman as our speaker. 
A small group of us took Pullman out to dinner the night before or after, question mark, she says, on the conference. We went to a Chinese restaurant and I ordered egg drop soup. Pullman had never had egg drop soup, soup and questioned me about it before deciding to order it himself. I don't remember any words of wisdom about his books or publishing or anything from the comp- conference, but I will always remember that I was the one to introduce Philip Pullman to egg drop soup. Jen. That's fantastic. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I, I have no idea that. what egg drop soup is, nor have I ever had it. No, no, neither do I. Neither did I. So, and then we had one from Tony. Good afternoon, ladies. I feel like the end of the discussion was a a subliminal was a subliminal for me to email. I own Paradise Lost, very dense, written in a non-rhythmic iambic pentameter, aka blank verse. I read like 20 pages and never went back. It's in my to-be-read pile of to-be-finished books. Yeah. That's pretty funny. I have a suggestion for not dog-earing your book, your pages. Index cards in the back of the book. Write page number and line number on it. I like that idea. I have done that in the past with other books that are not novels. Let me know what you think. That's a pretty good idea. Honestly. I like that idea too, but I usually have a notebook that I'm trying to write notes in and I don't want to stop reading to write my notes. So that's, which is also probably part of the problem why when I do dog ear a book, I go back to the page and I have to say, what the fuck did I fold this page down for yeah. and have to read like the whole section before. Well, you know, now I, I literally sit with a pen and pencil just, or a pen or pen or pencil. So I can like kind of just make a little tick mark on the, I intentionally get my pen and my notebook and put it next to me and I will get to a part and want to write it down and go, Nope. (laughs) But this time, so before he actually had sent that email in, I had started reading this book and I got it um, from the Stuyvesant Book House. And so it came with a bookmark. But then I also used the receipt and the receipt and the bookmark were just like my page marker. Yeah. And then the receipt turned into all of my page marks. Gotcha. So I didn't actually dog ear this one. I'm probably not going to stop dog earing. I'm not going to lie to you. I I don't think it's... I own the book. It's, it's not hurting the book. Like, it's not... It makes like, it more loved, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't really, you know, judge me all you want. I really don't see an issue with it. There that's just me, personally. Um, I think that's all our housekeeping stuff. Am I wrong? Uh, that's all I can think of. Okay, so let's jump into the prologue. Okay. I said it right. I didn't say it You did? All right. <laughs> the prologue. Um, okay, Katie, so this month we read, or this month, this episode, we read The Way I Used to Be by Amber Smith. This was uh, published on March 17th, 2017. I didn't realize it was that long ago. I Like, when you gave me this book as, like, an idea to read, I literally thought it was, like, a brand new book. Holly suggested it. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of Googling before we sat down, I, somebody had asked, you know, how the, Google does questions mm-hmm. and whatever. Somebody said, is there a part two to The Way I Used to Be? And the answer is Eden and Josh decide to give their relationship another chance in this much-anticipated sequel to the New York Times bestseller, The Way I Used to Be, that explores how to move forward after trauma in life and in love. And it's called The Way I Am Now. Is it out already? It must be because I... uh, Let's see if it... Oh, it's coming out in 2023. Oh! This month. Or this, this, this year. November. That's exciting. November. We should add that. Yeah, we should we should totally add that. We should totally add that because I want to see like how that was my favorite part of the whole uh, absolutely. book. Absolutely. So we'll obviously talk yep. about that, but why don't you give us a read a rundown and then we'll go to the cocktail. All right. Eden was always good. Hang on. I'm, I'm going to not fight this. <laughs> She's putting on her glasses, ladies and gentlemen. Eden was always good at being good. Starting high school didn't change who she was, but the night her brother's best friend rapes her, Eden's world capsizes. What was once simple is now complex. What Eden once loved, who she once loved, she now hates. What she thought she knew to be true are now lies. Nothing makes sense anymore, and she knows she's supposed to tell someone what happened, but she can't. So she buries it instead. And it buries, and she buries the way she used to be. Told in four parts, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year, this provo- provocative debut reveals the deep cuts of trauma, but it, 
<coughs> excuse me, but it also demonstrates one young woman's strength as she navigates the disappointment and unbearable pains of adolescence, a first love and first heartbreak, a friendships broken and rebuilt, all while learning to embrace the power of survival she never knew she had hidden within her heart. Um, cocktail time. It's been sitting here yeah. sweating, so I want to. It's time. Wanna... It's time. It's so time. this one, the main character's name is Eden. I googled Eden cocktail and found one almost immediately that sounded delicious, and I have. All of the ingredients. She did. She didn't have to go out and buy a single goddamn ingredient. We have. Well, no, I bought them, but I brought them. What? But I mean, like you said, you had them all to make the drink. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't own them. Oh. Okay. I had the vodka and the apple juice, oh, okay, but I didn't. Okay. So it's vodka, um, elderflower liqueur, which is typically Saint Germain, but we bought. I bought the cheap version of that because that's where i'm at and <laughs> we don't need the we don't need i don't the need the name shelf. brand yeah. yeah uh and then apple juice and tonic water let's so do cheers. it let's do it cheers katie i like this mm-hmm. i like this i am surprised by it i didn't think i was gonna like it i'm not gonna like really it looks so much like scotch to me like in sitting in this glass <laughs> and i'm just like i'm probably i know it's clearly not yeah. scotch but it's just very much like i don't think i'm gonna like this i like it a lot it's tasty i like I it love a lot. elderflower i don't even know what elderflower is flavor the same i mean okay but what so is i actually the flavor supposed to be like what's it supposed to taste like what you taste pretty much <laughs> minus the apple juice part i'm telling i'm like i'm yeah, okay, okay. I'm getting like the back half yeah. of that because the first thing that hits me is the apple juice yeah. flavor, but that's what I would recognize most. So yeah. I actually, um, so Pat had bought a bottle of St. Germain and it came with a recipe to make a St. Germain spritz, which is basically just St. Germain in champagne. We did that at camp a couple weekends and it was delicious and delightful. Really? And then I was like, I don't want to buy St. Germain because it's fucking stupid expensive. Mm-hmm. So I bought um, bar syrup that's elderflower flavored. So then I was just... I would get a bottle of champagne and just put a little bit of the elderflower syrup in it, and it was almost the same. I don't like champagne. I know. I mean, I didn't like champagne for like ninety eight percent of my life. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is about it. I mean, I don't mind it. I'll drink it, you know, when I have to mimosas and like you know New Year's Eve or whatever. But it's just not my go to drink. Mm-hmm. I will. I don't mind in the summer having a, a spritzer. Like, yep. so if some people will put Prosecco and like a seltzer in it or whatever, but I typically would prefer it with like white wine and yep. The, yep. the seltzer. So that's how I usually drink them and make them. But whatever. Different strokes, different yep. folks, right? I like, I, like, <laughs> I like sparkling wine. So the the three hearts that's traveling yes. vineyards right now, that's quite, quite delicious. I will drink that. I do drink that. Um, it's, again, not my favorite. And I actually didn't order one on my, my thing this no. time. I don't think it. No, maybe I did. Maybe I did just to have it for like a fun um, yep. porch sit, sit and drink, you yep. know. Um, all right. Let's go to the story. Yes. Let's do it. The story. Um, so, Katie, we had a little mini discussion about this book last night. We wanted to wait until tonight mm-hmm. um, to actually talk about it. I'm curious how you felt about this book. Did you like it? I did like it. Um, Obviously, it's a really heavy topic. Mm -hmm. I liked the way that it was done in the four parts of her for years. Um, And then, like we briefly just touched on, I absolutely loved the relationship with her and Josh. Mm -hmm. Um, But it did kind of feel... So I've never experienced that trauma of being raped, and I I don't want to victim shame her at all. But I feel like she held it in way longer than she needed to. I think, like, that's one of the issues, you know, like, surrounding 
sexual assault all, all, all over the place all the time. The fact is, you know, like it's it's hard for us to sit here when it hasn't happened to us to be able to even to, right. yes to say who's who's to say like when they should tell and when they when they feel ready. Like I can't imagine being a 12-year-old, 13-year-old girl in this situation where an older boy, an 18-year-old boy in college is telling you who who you've known your entire life. This boy you've known your entire and trusted and felt comfortable in. Had a huge crush on. You know, how she and not to mention the fact that she was flirting with him that night. Mm -hmm. You know, she was getting like a little, you know, whatever. So I can certainly sit and imagine the pain of like how do I tell my family this, this boy that they've loved, this boy that I flirted with that night came into my room tonight and did something horrible and awful to me. And she tried. There were several points where she was about to, where she was about she was to hoping somebody was going to ask her the right yes. question. And I think that, that that was that was hard for me to 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 palette because I feel like there were enough people that were like, what's going on? You're different. What's going on? Yeah. Without just saying what happened to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, I think one of the other issues with regard to like not telling anybody, you have to remember that there are so many cases where people go to the authorities, go someplace, and go and nothing t- happens, and they're not—they're not believed, or there's retaliation back against there's them. There's retaliation. Yeah, that's true. Like it's—it's it's just one of those things. Like as a twelve-year-old girl, you know, of course she grew up. We're we're watching her from you know thirteen to eighteen, grow up with this, and she doesn't tell anybody until she's a senior in high school because he has raped someone else or many someone else's. Yeah. And she finds out about it and, you know, um, she finally comes forward at her time when she's ready to do that. Um, and I think that we always have to be very mindful of when people are ready to do a certain thing. This is like a horrifying thing. You know, it's, it's something that's so personal. It's not like, um, it's not like, you know, somebody murdered your family member and you're, and you like, you know what I mean? It's this happened to you Directly and only to you. To you yeah. And they're telling you, shut up, don't tell anybody this. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your whole family, you know, whatever. So I also have the, the, the hard part of myself where I tell everybody everything. Like, I don't, mm. I don't, I don't keep that shit. Like, yeah. So yeah. I, I guess that may, that might have something to do with why I, I felt like it should have been told yeah. sooner. Yeah. Um. I, I wouldn't have expected her to tell her mom the next morning. I don't even know when I would think that she should have gotten to the point in time where she was comfortable. But just, it just seemed like the the stone just kept rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. And then it got to a point in time where she was like, well, now it's been too long. Yes. Like, yeah. And I think that's another thing that a lot of rape survivors fear. It's been so long. They won't believe me now. Yeah. They won't believe this happened five years ago. They're not going to believe that this happened right. then. Like they're it's so that's another thing. It's just after so much time has passed, it's just kind of like, well, I can't tell anybody now because who's going to believe me? I can't, I sat on it for so long, whatever. So, um, I mean, it turned out okay for her in the end because somebody did come forward and then she felt comfortable enough to then bring that information. Um, we'll get there because it's like a pretty fucking harrowing and heartbreaking situation. Yep. Um, I just want to briefly say that I, I, I liked the book. Um, I did think some of it was, in my opinion, just a, a little 
cliche a bit. It was very, I, I guess I didn't, I don't love the whole, I can see how it would happen, but I don't love the whole, um, I was raped, so now I'm just going to turn into a slut. Like everyone, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't like using that word. That's like, that's not a word I like to use, right. but like, that was a word that was used, you know, in the book several times. And like, I would never shame anybody for the kind of sex that they have or whatever, but it just felt like a, it felt to me like the author was like, oh, I've heard so many rape survivors, you know, have done this in, in the past and like gone on to be, you know, just sleep all around and whatever to make that take control back for themselves. It just felt a little weird because she was such a good kid and like such a like in, introverted kid. I feel like that that really actually was empowering to her to be able to Absolutely, become yeah. an, an anonymous I'm just going to go to this party. I'm going to look at you with the right eyes, give you the right hint, and then we're going to go to the room, and then I'm going to be done. And also, like, a blank, emotionless connection. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know if it was... Certain parts, I think, yes, it was her kind of trying to take that power back for herself. And then in other parts, it kind of just felt like it was she was just trying to put a Band-Aid over something Yeah, the entire time. It's yep. just like, you know, Band-Aid after Band-Aid after Band-Aid until they're like this high. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nasty so, and crusty on the yeah, bottom. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. It, it's just one of those things. I, I, I did like the book, but I feel like I've read better books that have dealt with this situation. Okay. Like, for instance... If you've never read Speak by Laurie Hall Sanderson, speak. that's just, yeah, that's just a phenomenal book like that sticks with you long, after. long after. Yeah. And this one, I didn't feel the same way about, you know what I mean? It mm-hmm. didn't, it didn't strike me quite as much. Other than that, it was a quick read. I did like, I, I really liked her relationship with Josh. We can talk about that. Obviously, yes. um, I was pissed off at her family. Just not realizing that something was wrong. That she totally 180 yes, of everything. Yes, she's a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Your thought she is not... She dropped bands. She wanted contact. She wanted yes. to do this. And yeah, a lot. some yes. of it is like going through adolescence and puberty and, and becoming yourself. But also at the same time, she's always loved this. She's always loved this. She's always been like this. And then she becomes an asshole to everybody too. Yeah. Like add in the yeah. fact that she's dropping this. And you would think that some portion of her family would have been like what's going on what the fuck something happened what changed you yeah so exactly i guess maybe that's kind of more where i was like having an issue of the fact that she hadn't told anybody i will say the whole let's can we talk about the josh part now yeah absolutely i mean i definitely got things to talk to you before like josh comes into play but we can obviously we skipped around many times page 46 is right when um he runs into her in the hall i legitimately just opened up to page 46 Ah! without even a problem you are welcome (laughs) so right he's she's standing in her locker and he comes he's a she's a freshman he's a senior no junior junior, he's a junior because he's in around next year um coming down the hall not even that's when i see him this guy running down the hall toward us number 12 it says on his stupid pretentious varsity jacket i have a distinct sinking feeling in my stomach as i watch him gaining speed weaving between bodies like he's on the basketball court and not in the hallway i hear someone shout his name and something about being late and how the coach will make him do laps he turns his head and looks behind him laughing as he starts to yell something back 
I see that he's now looking ahead, that he's about to collide into me. I open my mouth, but nothing comes out. I could see it happening before it happened. And then it does. Crash. Him into me, my shoulder into the wall, clarinet keys to my stomach so hard my body keels over involuntarily. It jolts me back into reality. Time rushes ahead, blah, 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 But I can't listen. I hear his voice muffled in the background of my mind saying, oh, shit, shit, I'm sorry. Are you okay? But I can't listen all the way because I seem to have only one thought, just this. Fucking die, fucking asshole, fucking kill you, fucking die, die, die. And that whole scene, I completely visualized in my high school happening. Like, yeah. I know exactly which guy that would have been yeah. and which band <laughs> dork that would have been and how she reacted exactly how I could, I could totally picture myself being like, what the fuck? But just being like, Meh, hi, mm-hmm. you're, I'm okay. Yeah, right. Like, you're having this whole inner monologue, <laughs> but you have to... And, I mean, it's intimidating. She's a freshman girl. And, you know, again, she's just had this awful trauma happen to her, like, literal days before. And, um, you know, this big guy is just barreling into her. And she's just like, you don't have the right to fucking touch me, yeah. basically. You know, like... And then, other than her inner her inner thoughts and the narrative that we get through her it's the first time you actually can see like her emotions coming out yeah absolutely like a different a different sort of feeling it's the first time she and it's funny that it's him because then they end up falling in love you Mm -hmm. know um but it's just something that finally got her kind of to i think just her inner person was able to kind of come out after that just like okay I'm not going to be this meek girl anymore. You know, I'm going to put myself out there and whatever. Um, Certainly she doesn't say fuck you, fucking die to him, whatever. But it was just like in her head, in her thoughts. If she had, he might have actually remembered that he ran into her when they meet later on. Yes. Um, Okay. So I want to just, okay. So I, the first page I flagged was literally on page two. Um, So this is basically, this whole book just opens up as, she's starting to be raped and um it was an awful scene and it's even worse further on in the book and i'm sure that i flagged that later on when it's she's going through the minutes she's like it's mm-hmm. this minute it's this minute and it's this minute and it's this minute mm-hmm. but anyway um afterwards she says hang on let's see um life just goes just happens continuing as always normal and i can't shake the knowledge that life will just keep on happening regardless if i wake up or not obscenely normal and i mean that's just one of those things it's just like it's kind of difficult to read because this is one of those things, again, it's a deeply personal thing. This happened to you and just to you and nobody else at this moment knows and you still have to go and live life. Life is going to move on no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing with like when, you know, if a family somebody member dies or, or, bad or yeah. something bad happens, yeah. it's like life doesn't stop because of that. Right. You know, you still have to get up in the morning and you still have shit to do when you still have shit to do all over the place. And, um, I don't know, that just struck me very, like, it, it's just such a real thing, you know? Yeah. So, um, I liked that as a first, a first thing that I flagged. Um, I flagged, I flagged quite a few things in this book for not like, you know, what, I mean, I liked yeah. the book, but, um, let's see. So the next thing I flagged was on page 27. Let's just see. Let's just see what this was. 
Okay, so this is I liked. Okay, so this is it. They're like in a book club. You know, she starts I like adored the fact that she started a book club. Yes, because she didn't want to sit in the cafeteria. She didn't feel comfortable in the cafeteria with all these people making fun of her. And I'm I need to know was Josh one of the one making fun one of the ones making fun of her? Too? I don't think so. Okay, so um, I don't even know. I don't remember why. I, I think would've... if he was, it would have been more apparent. Got you. Okay, so okay. You know, just the way things are, how there are all these stupid clicks and rules you're supposed to follow that don't make any sense. Just all of it, you know? I stop myself because sometimes I forget we aren't really supposed to talk about this. We're just supposed to accept it. Supposed to feel like it's all of us who have the problem, and we're supposed to deal with it like it's our problem, even though it's not. That kind of just goes back to the one I just spoke about. Mm -hmm. Like, you know... Again, life is going to go on. Clicks are going to be clicks. People are going to be mean because people Fuck are mean. In high school. Yes, it's, it's high school. High school. Yes, and unfortunately, my instant messenger name when I was in high school was clicker hater. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. That could go a few different ways, you yep. know, like clicker hater, click click yep. click. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. Okay, that's really um, funny. But in the same sense of being in high school, that feeling of the older guy that's cute he's the sporty jock and then he starts to pay you attention mm-hmm. i experienced that mm-hmm. and it was like i couldn't i didn't have like words we didn't date or anything like that but just some kind of attention there was like flirtation yeah. yeah and it yeah. was like it was my whole world so page 74 she's so something really happened something really weird happened yesterday I, said, I tell Mara as we begin our walk home from school. Ooh, what? She says, yes, eagerly. So, do you know that guy, Josh Miller? He's a senior on the basketball team. Of course. Yeah, of course. Well, he was talking to me. Like, talking to me. It almost seemed like, I don't know. No, forget it. It's stupid. No, what? You have to tell me. Now I'm hooked. Okay, but first, believe me. I know full well exactly how stupid this is going to sound. Oh, my God. Just tell me, she demands laughing. Well, you know how I dropped band? So I got put in the study hall instead, and he's in there, Josh, and he gave up the seat next to him so I could sit there. And then he was trying to talk to me, almost like he was actually interested. And I just, I was in that moment. So in that moment. It's easy when, it's so easy when you're reading a book about high school to like be thrown back into certain things because everybody has had these experiences. Everybody has lived in these experiences. They're all so similar. Um, But I, so my... The next thing I want to say about that, though, is she was a freshman. He was a junior. Mm-hmm. And she lied about she how lied about old her she age. was. Yes. She, are you almost 16? Are you 16? Oh, I'm almost 16. Well, I got to be 15 first because so, I'm really only 14. Yeah. And, like, that whole the, that section where she talks about her age, I read it and I absorbed it. And then it's almost like I fucking forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally forgot about it. And I didn't... It, it, at no point in their relationship when they were having sex and, and building this huge relationship and really starting to fall in love with each other. Yeah. At no point was I like, oh, wait, but she's still fucking young. Yeah. Because it just seemed so perfect. Yeah. Not perfect, but it's, ideal. But it's, it's okay. Happy. So, you know, so we're, we're females and like we have both had, I'm sure we both had crushes on older boys in right. school. And, like, it didn't seem wrong back then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's you know, so he's 18 and she's 15. And, like, if you're, you know, if you're 27 and 24. It's nothing. Not, it's nothing. Right. I mean, I there there is that, you know, not every, she's not 
she can't be considered emotionally mature enough to to make a do decision these, like to make a decision sex, like right. this, which is why the law is in place. Yes, but she's been raped. I mean, she's already had that taken away from her. Right. So like she's grown up a little faster than other people have had to, and like you know, emotionally wise, I think that she was in a place and she needed a person to show her a caring relationship yes. and actually have sex with her in a meaningful way yes. as opposed to yes exactly as opposed to just like let's fuck and like yes on you. yeah um so like going back to just briefly like all the other things um this is this is like the way i think all of us have probably felt this in a certain way but um this is clearly like obviously completely different when you put it in in into because she's had she's been sexually assaulted but um she's talking about um let's see why do i feel like sometimes i have no one in the entire world who knows me in even the slightest most insignificant way why do i feel like god it makes me sick to admit that sometimes i feel like the only person in the world who knows me really really knows me is kevin that's sick. And Kevin is the one who raped her, obviously. That's sick. Demented sick. Like, I should be locked up sick. But he's the only one who knows the truth. Not only the truth about what happened, but the truth about me, about who I really am and what I'm really made of. And that gives him tyranny over everything in this world. Most of the hate, though, I save for me. No matter what anyone else did or didn't do, it, it was ultimately me who gave them permission. I'm the only, I'm the one who's lying, the coward too afraid to just stop pretending. I think, like, that, mm-hmm. like, crushed me when I read it. Mm-hmm. It's It's like... Uh, it just it just makes me feel so awful. And, you know, I have a daughter and, like, I worry about this constantly. I'm constantly worried about... How could you not? It, it's impossible not to. It's impossible. I'm, I'm... And I also have a son. And I try... I have... I, I'm making it my, my life's business and goal to make sure my son knows that no means no. Stop means stop. Stop means stop. It Like, just because she gave consent right then and, and she's taking it away now doesn't mean that that gives you permission to continue, um, you know, in, in, in ways that, like, a 13-year-old can handle mm-hmm. for the moment. But, like, yes, this worries me constantly about my daughter. And I'm, thankfully, she's feisty and, you know, whatever. But that doesn't stop it's anything. Not, no. That doesn't no, stop anything. She's also tiny. Yeah. It doesn't mean shit. So... I don't know. It's it's just a terrifying thought. It's I hate it. I hate <laughs> I hate it. And you know, like I, I'm I'm um I'm I'm a runner and I go out running by myself all the time and it's something that's constantly on my mind. Like what happens if somebody runs up behind me? Like if and a guy is running up behind you, me. Yeah. Yes. I'm running constantly by woods and I'm looking all the time just to see like, oh, if there's somebody here, can I outrun them? Do I have anything like do I kick them in the balls and just like fucking go? You know? So the fact the the concept of somebody hiding in the woods to you, it used to be like I would be terrified of pulling over on the side of the road. I'm like, what mm-hmm. if there's somebody in the woods? But then if you think about it like that person is just like sitting in the woods hoping somebody's car stops or (laughs) sitting in the woods hoping somebody runs by so maybe if they like stalked you then they would be hiding in the woods but for the most part i don't think people are just like chilling in the woods waiting for probably not no probably not but there are certain you're probably better off looking at the cars that are driving at you yes 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 no i and trust me i do i do pay attention to that too because that's it's fucking scary. <laughs> that license plate was KSW. I will remember that. Yeah, yeah. Make sure that no no cars are passing me, like, you know, more than once or whatever. Um, that happened to me as a kid. Can I tell you, like, I'm just going to... like What? Yeah, so when I was a kid, I can't believe I never told you this story. Um, I lived in, like, super, like, country places. This was even, even before I moved out to, like, Middleburg, which was mm-hmm. also a very country mm-hmm. place. But we lived on this kind of secluded road, and there was, like... 
lots of space in between our neighbors. Um, and there was a farm up at one end and an, a little house on the other end, but they were like, you know, acres away from us. Um, so I was a sixth grader and, you know, in sixth grade, you went to middle school in the school that I grew up in. And, um, previous to that, I had always gone with my sister to a babysitter's house. But when I was in sixth grade, you know, the bus came a little early and my parents left at a certain time to bring my sister. And I was just like, I can do it, mom. I can get on the bus by myself. It's only 20 minutes home alone, whatever. So she was like, okay. So sixth grade, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to get on the bus by myself. My pop, mom and dad are gone. My sister's at the babysitters. So I go out there one night very early in so the school year. So this is where your timetable of we need to get on the fucking bus come, stems from. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> we need to go, guys. We're on time. Um, so, I, I mean, I was a pretty responsible kid. Yeah. So I go out there. And this is very early on in the school year, like probably still September, maybe early October. It wasn't long like that. I whatever. So I'm standing out there waiting for the bus and this like red truck comes by and, you know, whatever. I'm a kid, you know, not even 12 years old yet. And um, the truck, I'm watching it and it stops up ahead, does a U-turn and swings back around. And I'm like, oh, that was weird. Maybe he just forgot something, you know. So then I'm just sitting there and a couple minutes later goes by again. And I'm like, that was weird, right? That was really weird. So he gets up to the farm and his brakes come on. And I'm like, he's turning around again. I fucking booked my ass up to my deck. I fucking hope so. So there was a grill on my deck and I fucking booked my ass up it and I got behind the got behind because yep. I didn't have time to take out the key out of my yep. backpack and get into the house and he comes really slowly by the house and I'm like oh my fucking god oh my like and I didn't say that as a kid I'm you know it was like yeah. whatever oh my god oh my god oh my god and luck like he drove by and just like didn't disappeared disappeared I st- I sat behind the grill for a little while longer hoping that he was not going to come back finally I had the courage to like get out there and I get on the bus and I go to school that night my mom co- you know I get home and I'm like, Mom, I want to go back to the babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> I did not get on the no, bus by myself nope, again. Not nope. until we moved out. Of, like, then we moved yeah. that year. We moved to Scary. That's but terrifying. It was, it's something that has stuck with me forever. But that you I know was, what? The fact that you were able to, like, your gut, your gut instinct was like, okay, that was weird. Yeah. All right. That, okay. Now it's really, nope. Mm-hmm, nope. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're past the weird. We're yeah. past the he Those forgot something. brake lights came on and I was like, nope, not going to stand here. Nope. Fucking ran up. I, I, like he could tell that nobody was home. It yeah. was a very creepy, creepy, creepy situation. Well, yeah. So yeah, that was my like. Scare- I told my mom that story one time, and she's just like, "That's fucking horrifying." Yeah, because like, I don't think I ever told her why I wanted to go back to the babysitter. Yep. She's like, "No, I don't like getting on the bus by myself. I'm just gonna, yeah, no, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. go back to the babysitter." <laughs> I might miss it. <laughs> yes, I might because somebody like- stole me. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Oh, that's crazy. It's just scary, like knowing how close. You can, can yes. come, like you can yeah. come to certain situations like that. It's fucking terrifying. I hate it. So anyway, yeah. Uh huh. What do you got next? Um, I have on page one hundred and nine, which I believe is the first time that she is actually with Josh at his house, and she basically like shows up at his house and then decides that she's gonna kind of just go have sex with him, mm-hmm. essentially. 
And he's but not, she's not. He's, he's not, not trying. He's not pushing for that in yes. any way, shape, or form. He thought that they were going to go to dinner. She didn't want to go to dinner. She was very, I don't want to be in public. I don't want to be in public. Yes. So, stops kissing me. I open my eyes. He's looking down at my naked body. I, too, look down at my body. But all I can see is just one huge, gaping wound that somehow mm-hmm. seems to still hurt everywhere sometimes. Mm-hmm. I hope he doesn't notice that either. And I was, I, that hit me, like, it's her first time being with somebody else and that's all she can see is mm-hmm. just the pain that's leaking out of her body yeah. and yeah that it, that was really sad to me like really um i wonder if i did that. what page is that on 109 109 okay no i must not have done that one maybe that one was just one like i'm that's just too much that's too, too much for me yeah um because yeah i think like i think you know again never having gone through this i mean I don't know. Like, I've certainly been sexually harassed without, oh, yeah. without question. Oh, definitely. Um, sexually assaulted because, you know, if I'm dancing in a bar, obviously I need you to touch my body. Yes. Yes. Same. Same. I've had, you know, I've had, I've been groped in situations mm-hmm. like that, but, you know, never, never raped and whatever. But I can imagine um, that pain, you know, and just like it just being there constantly and it's almost visual to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking at this thing that's just sitting there and you have, again, you haven't told anybody. Nobody knows about this. It's just you. So, um, yeah, I can totally, I can totally understand that. Mm-hmm. It's fucking awful. Yeah. Awful. Wow, this is going to be a deep fucking and hard episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you just say deep and hard in the same sentence? Yes, I did. Thank God. All right. <laughs> fucking lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Um, oh my Cocktail's God. delicious. It is really, 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 really good. So this is the oh. first time when Kevin comes back. So she, he he rapes her on Christmas break. This pisses me off. Like, why can't this guy go to his own fucking house? He why lives blocks away. Why can't he go to his own house? And also, how come he went to college? So he came home for break, for Christmas break, and then he didn't fucking come back again until Christmas break? Like The brother doesn't either. His brother, I know. Like, I don't just, understand that. None of them. They never that come back weird. for the weekends. They just come back on Thanksgiving and Christmas and summer. But they didn't even come back that summer. They oh, went yeah. away somewhere yeah, to do maybe some had, like, kind an of internship yeah, or some yeah, shit. Yeah. So it's the second Christmas and he's back. And and so this is page 160. And now Kevin stands before me, five feet away, maybe staring me down, giving me the secret look he must have been perfecting over the past year. The look that is clearly supposed to deflate me, make me shrivel and wilt and retreat. And even though my legs feel flimsy and boneless, like they might give out on any moment and my heart is racing and my skin feels like it's on fire, I don't flinch. I don't run and don't back away this time. I want to believe that somewhere beneath that knife-like stare, he can see just how much I've changed, how much I am from the girl, how different I am from the girl he once knew. I don't move a muscle, not until he walks away first. So then he walks away. The mom goes to go do something. She calls the brother, Kaylin to go do decorations blah 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 and then eden is then washing the dishes after i hear the garage the door to the garage close i shut the faucet off and dip my hands into the hot water it feels peaceful somehow quiet the music off the the tv on low in the next room and muffled the muffled clanging of the dishes underwater then faintly i hear footsteps creep up behind me it's kevin it's like my body knows before my brain does my senses heightened my skin suddenly hot and itchy i'm like i'm allergic to him the proximity of his body to mine causing an actual physical repulsion like a warning sign flashing neon lights danger 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 get away from him my body tells me but it's hard to get away from someone like him 
Before I, I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna just read the whole rest of this mm-hmm. section. Before I can even turn my head to look, I feel his thick hands wind around my waist. Feel my, feel his body pressing up against my back, and then his voice, his breath in my ear, whispers, "Looking good, Edie." Then he moves his hands down over the front of my jeans, then up over the front of my shirt, then all over all of me. His mouth open against my neck. Stop! I breathe. Stop it! I pull my hot, soapy hands out of the water, but I can't stop him. He has me pinned against the sink. And his hands can do whatever they want. I consider pulling the paring knife I used to chop the garlic out of the water and plunging it into his heart. I wanted her to do that mm-hmm. so fucking badly. Mm-hmm, but he finally lets go, backing away while he looks me up and down. Smiling, he says, is this for my benefit? I should have killed him. I should have done a million things to him. But instead, my shaking voice just asks, is what? But he doesn't answer. Just keeps smirking and looking up and down, my heart pounding so hard I can hear it in my ears. Clearly, I had gotten too bold, forgotten the extent of him. He was letting me know. Then he walks away silently just as he came in, leaving me properly terrified. I think I was shaking at that point in time because I fully expected him to do it again because of the way the whole situation got set up where the mom was there and then she had to leave. Mm -hmm. And then she asked Kaylin to go do something else. And then I was, I just... Yeah. My senses, like, my spidey senses all sorts of flared up and ready to be like, Arr! Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I hated him. Hated him. I hated that he he felt that he had a right to her and that him, like, like doing what he did to her and thinking that now because she's had a glow up, if you will, that it's for his it's benefit. For him. It's for him. And she's just going to be there yeah. sitting, waiting for him, begging yeah. for him to come back and do it again yeah she's fucking like it's gross you're gross yeah i again i I, obviously i know that now looking back on it clearly he didn't he never went home because mandy his sister he raped her her and he was raping her too and clearly that's why he never went home um like it just it's it's fucking i hate i hate this i hate it it's infuriating it's infuriating yes yeah and i'll tell you what right now like if i ever find out that my son one of my son's friends did something to my daughter i would kill them yeah i would kill them (laughs) Mm -hmm. i can believe that i would help you i mean i i hope that you know if you need if you need an accomplice i'm here for you god god it's just it's so fucking infuriating that this shit happens or has to happen um so hang on what did i what do i got here you look said at once the, you said 170 something didn't you yeah but i can't remember why i flagged it so there's no like okay it wasn't that important i guess but so let's talk a little bit about her and mara's like relationship i think like so mara's her best friend all through you know whatever the, i feel like they from like elementary school yeah they they've known together. each other for a long time because they also used to be friends with not friends with mandy, mandy but they yes. used to hang out and play with her and mandy was a little one year Couple- younger than them i think yeah. I think yep. she's, yeah. So that was another thing to me. Like, I I, I was bummed that she didn't feel that she could open up to her best friend. But that being said, her best friend, Mara, was a little just stuck on herself constantly. Yep. And, like, all about what's happening to me and what's going on. And listen, teenage girls are like that. Right. But, like, again, you can see this is the best friend that you've had for years. You can see that something is different and changing. And she has turned into an asshole, and she doesn't care about you, and she's not commenting on your stuff, and she doesn't even want you to date that. The whole fact that she didn't like Cameron, the guy from the book club, mm-hmm. and that Mara ends up dating, I didn't... I had a hard time understanding why that was, unless it was just because he was taking Mara from her. I think it was, like, I think that she had, like, a... a like. 
They're just anti-male at that point. I, I think much. so. Maybe it was just one of those things where it's just like... I yeah. can't, I can't see, but then again, like she was, you know, going out and dating all these guys and, you know, whatever. So it's not like she was anti-male. Right. Um, anti-relationship. Yeah. Maybe it was just something she saw in him that she didn't, um, I was like very much. so pissed at Mara when she forgot her birthday though. Like, <gasps> like so I can still to this day tell you my best friend's birthdays from when I was growing up. I don't talk to these girls anymore, yeah. but I know their fucking birthday. It's fucking imprinted on my brain yeah. like no other. Same. So at some point she had to have known the date and the fact that it didn't trigger, oh, it's your birthday. Like at all. At any point when it's like you're in school and you're writing the date constantly. Exactly. You don't fucking realize, oh, this is my best oh, friend's birthday. fucking March 25th. Oh, That's shit. Christina's birthday. Like, are like, you kidding yeah. me? Are you kidding me? Yeah, that really pissed me off. Like, just because you have a boyfriend, like, it's, again, like, you know, this is a, a, a an author taking, like, you know, teenagers who always have, like, just them on their minds. And they're selfish. They're very fucking selfish. Yeah. But, like, again, it's a date that is imprinted on your mind. And immediately when you see it, you should be like, holy shit. It's so-and-so's birthday. Yes. And the next day... When you see that it's the day after. I feel like such an idiot. Yeah. But she didn't even do that. No. She didn't even do that. Like, they got in a fight. And the fight was because you forgot her fucking birthday. You know what I mean? But then she turned it around and said, no, the fight, you know, why do you hate Cameron so much? Why don't you want me to be happy? Blah, 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 blah. Like, bitch, we've spent my birthday together for fucking how many years? Right. And now you have a boyfriend and you're going to fucking ditch my ass? Fuck you, Mara. Stupid bitch. <laughs> Hated her. I did not care for Mara that much. I don't know why. I just didn't. That was one of the reasons. But I just felt like she was a little too selfish all the time. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we're inside Eden's head, not Mara's. Right. So we are getting the one side. We're getting the, the one other. side. Yes, exactly. So we're not sure what's going on in Mara's life and, and whatever. But again, in my opinion, you're seeing your best friend is having changes like completely different person from who she was it's not just growing up like that's not just growing up she's right. a completely different person it's not like you have this group of like five or six friends you've all been friends together and you know sometimes you're better friends with one of the two it's and you two it, it's it's just the fucking two of yes. you yes yes it's you two so i i don't know it's really really whatever um so this is kind of like um she starts having like we finally start to kind of see like what happened before it all went down and whatever. And, you know, whatever. Um, So Kevin and Edie are playing Monopoly, I believe. Mm-hmm. And again, she's like, you know, she's like, I'm feeling a little bold. I'm going to flirt with him. This guy I've had a crush on forever. I've felt protected by him because he helped me. He carried me home and called 911 when I fell and hit my head mm-hmm. on a railroad tie. You know what I mean? Like, so. Um, also, that fucking accident sounded terrifying yes oh my god the bike accident like thank like, god she didn't die yeah so i think the reason why I I, I I i folded this page down was because i was like what year does this take place in so tell me it's about the pajamas no okay <laughs> the pajamas were pretty fucking bad too and like we're talking about i guess i said 12 but she's she's 13 13 or 14 13. right so okay uh, then the boys left the room with their bootleg beer and chips. The girl tried to breathe. So she's talking about herself in this 
like kind of like third party, third party. It's like like she she's did, just, she's yes. so dissociated. She's from watching it. it from a different yeah. angle. The girl tried to breathe normally, and then she slid her glasses back on her face where they belonged. She cleared away the colored money in the plastic houses, the dog in the shoe. She folded the board up inside of the falling apart box and set it back on the game shelf in the hall closet where it belonged. But something still fell out of, felt out of place. She tiptoed into the living room, kissed her mother and her father goodnight, and sent herself to, to bed promptly at 11. She knew because as she shut her bedroom door, she heard the news say, it's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? That dates this really fucking hard for me because I don't feel like they do that. Like they have done that recently. Did you look it up? I didn't. I didn't. Do you want and to pause like, and look it up? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, okay. so we're looking this up, and I didn't. This has a Wikipedia page. It's literally, "Do you know where your children are?" In quotes. Okay, it says, "Is a question used as a public service announcement for parents on American television, especially from the late 1960s through the late 1980s." Accompanied by a time announcement, this phrase is typically used as a direct introduction for the originating station's late evening newscast, typically at either 10 p.m. or 11 p.m., which we all know we've heard this phrase before. Mm-hmm. While the phrase itself had appeared in newspapers as early as the 19th century, usage of it and broadcasting started in the early 1960s following the enactment of nightly youth curfews for minors in multiple large cities. Um, I wonder if it says anything, blah, 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 blah. I just want to see. The PSA was featured on Times Magazine's, Time Magazine's top 10 public service announcement lists, list. Um, let's see. What else is on that list? <laughs> right? Seriously. <laughs> Which is really... It doesn't say anything about when it was, like, when it was not used anymore. So it just, I don't know. Did it say where they live? Like, are they small town America? Like. I don't, I don't think it had any specifications as far as location or time. It doesn't Um, say anything about, like, when it stopped. But they have cell phones, right? Yes. They definitely have cell phones. They are texting. They are, so it's not like, it's, it's, you know, whatever. Um, When did they. I just, I'm curious to know when this stopped. Um, I'm not going to continue Googling this because it's it's a lot. But, Sim, maybe, you know, you can, um, Producer Chris, you can chime in here if you have the answer readily available at some point um, because you're not recording, a, you know, what I mean. Well, we're sitting so. in the closet. Thank you. Appreciate it. Love you. <laughs> Producer Chris here. According to the Google box, they phased this out in the early 2000s as people thought it was scaremongering and insensitive. So that matches with people having cell phones as well. Okay, back to the show. Um, I just thought that was funny because it just, I was like, when is the last time I ever heard that? And I certainly. It's been a while. It's been a long yeah. time. I yeah. mean, it was definitely when I was a kid. You I'm don't sure hear it's that. satirical now. Like, I'm sure, sure SNL will randomly just say it. Absolutely. But... Yes. And it did say in there that it's been parodied several yeah. times, obviously. But thinking back on it, you know, I mean, you. It's not something you have to worry about anymore because you do have a cell phone. You know where your kid is at all times, mm-hmm. most likely. Most everybody has Life 360 or what, some shit, you know, some way to check their fucking kids. I do not. I don't have a police date on my children. <laughs> so I, we are going to be getting Adam a cell phone for his birthday because mm-hmm. he has always been told that when he gets 11, he gets to have a fucking cell phone. Because when he was four and asking for it, I was like, 11. Yeah. And now that's it's it's arbitrary date, stuck. but it's It coming. just seemed like it was it's far coming. away. Yeah, it's only... It's literally next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been trying to... I want to do... I want to do some kind of, like, contract with him. Like, this is what we expect of you. This is what we you should expect of us and these are the rules and the ground rules and stuff like that and looks like you're in charge of all of, like checking it and tracking it and i'm like i don't 
I don't know what I want to do. Like, yeah. I don't even know how to do that. I don't even, I'm sure I could just fucking Google it and somebody would be like, this is what you should have. This is what yeah. you should have. But I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like, I know Mark and Jess have something where they can see like where he Life physically is. Okay. Yes. Life 360 is what most pe- parents have. And like, I don't know. For me, I, I get very, I get a very icky feeling about just people knowing where everybody is at any given time. It's your children. I get it. But, but, like, at the same they're allowed time, to have a life, too. Right. So here's the other like, side of that is, like, I don't expect him to not be where he should be for, right. like, the next four years. Exactly. Like, yes. so maybe in four years when he's driving, then yes. I might have a more conscience of wanting to yes. know where he is. But, yes. like, he's fucking going to be 11. Like, he's going like... to be at school. He's going to be at practice. He's going to be at home. Yes. It feels like a very big invasion of privacy to me a little bit. And, like, in a world where there is very little privacy for anyone anymore Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where i just i feel icky about it i don't even like checking i I check aiden's phone occasionally because he is i know you had told me that you you asked to see his phone at one point in time and he let you have it yes and you weren't a huge fan of the conversation you had seen yes correct and we rectified that situation but i also realized he is a growing teenage boy and he's gonna have conversations that i don't want to read about yes agree yes um, I don't want to see dick pics on a phone. Yes. But this is, and that's where that com- comes into. Like, you know, he had a girlfriend at the point, his first girlfriend ever. And that's when I started checking it because I wanted to make sure that he wasn't doing something inappropriate. That he shouldn't have, yeah. And turns out she was doing the inappropriate stuff. But, you know, I had a conversation yeah. and that shit ended. Um, but anyway, it's, it feels, I, like, John, like, I know, like, husband and wife, sometimes they have this thing where they, like, it just feels really weird to me. It feels like an, like... You don't need to know where everybody is at any one given time. Like most of don't the time, don't you have something better to do than look at your phone yes, and see where somebody and else see is? Where somebody is? Like, I, oh look, he did actually stop at Home Depot. Go fucking figure. Right. Oh, exactly. now he's been at Home Depot for thirty six minutes, and he only needed to get one thing. Yeah, it's kind of. Did he meet kind of, somebody? It's kind of a little nutty, in my yeah. opinion. It's just it. Like I said, in a world where we have very little privacy already, I don't really see the necessity of knowing where everybody is at any given fucking moment. Agreed. Like, and it becomes plus, an obsession for people. Plus, like, da, 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 da. That takes away the fun of catching them in a fucking lie and losing your fucking yeah, shit on sure. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those things that I, I've never been a fan of. Like, my expectation is that my kid is telling me the truth when he tells me he's going someplace. He has his phone on him and I can call him and contact him and, and, and get a hold of him when I need to. Right. And, um, and it is a different conversation for an 11, 12, 13 year old yes. than it will be for like of course, a 16, 16 17, 18. 18. Yes. But still, and when they're that old, they're still going to be, I, I wanted privacy when I was a 16, 17, 18 mm-hmm. year old. Like, of course there are going to be rules about that stuff, but I don't want to be like, um, I see that you're in your girlfriend's bed right now, you fucking scumbag. Like, you yeah. know, like that kind yeah. of thing. It's just, yeah. it's, I don't think it's necessary, but I, I get, I get we live in a scary world and people want to know where their children are. But I don't think it's that much scarier than it was in the 1960s, 70s and 80s. And we all just came up just fine. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, we're all normal. Sure. For the most part. We're sitting in your closet drinking, drinking alcohol <laughs> on a Tuesday afternoon. That's not normal. I mean, <laughs> oh man, this conversation went off the fucking rail. Anywho. Yes. Um, I want to get to the end of this book at some point because there's, I just, the really the, the part where she, um, the part where she goes through like the minute by minute is so fucking, I, I guess I didn't, oh no, I did. I, I didn't do it, but like, it's kind of fucking horrifying. No, that's just not it. 
shit. The part about Amanda? Not, well, I mean, when Amanda comes out, like, you know, you really, that was kind of sad too. And you realize Amanda hates, hates Eden so much because she thought that Eden and Kevin had sex on purpose. Yes. Or, yes. And that maybe she knew somehow about what Amanda was going through and like didn't reach out to her. You know what I mean? Like, you also have to wonder if part of Amanda's issue with her is the fact that, you know, it could be so fucking twisted that she feels like Edie is taking Kevin away from her. Right. Right. Yes. Uh, agreed. Yes. But uh, did you did you happen to do it? Like, cause no, there's... the last thing I flagged is when um, right after her and Mara blew up or she blew up at Mara, basically, because Mara was like, Edie, just stop. You know what I'm talking about is everything. Uh, I don't like you like this. Like what? You're not thinking right. And you're 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 going to get hurt. So then she's at one point in time back in her back in her bedroom and she's looking at her ninth grade yearbook. Instead, I flipped to the ninth grade section to visit the ghost of that girl I used to be. And there she is right between Maureen Malinowski and Shawn Michaels. Glasses and all. A stupid, innocent smile plastered on her stupid, innocent face. That picture was taken on the very first day. The first day of high school. The day I thought her life was about to begin. How could she have known her stupid, pathetic, flat-chested days were numbered? Like, I... I hate that. It hurt. No, it definitely hurt. Okay. I found what I was looking for. And it literally happens... So this all comes to a head the next time they're supposed to come home for Christmas, I believe, in, like, her senior year. And um, Kaylin shows up and and early, and Kevin is not with him, and it's very much like, what's going on? He's all sorts of up in arms. Yes. So we find out from Kaylin that uh, Kevin's ex-girlfriend has said that Kevin raped her. And, you know, Edie's body goes cold and she's like, oh, my God, you know, whatever. Um, and then Caitlin says this. And this is her her big brother, you know, somebody who she thinks is supposed to protect her and, you know, didn't in that in that moment or whatever. Um, and he says, quote, she broke up with Kevin for some reason or other. I really don't know, but it wasn't a huge deal or anything. And Kevin asked her to come over the one night because she was upset about the breakup just to talk. And she says that's when he quote, raped her. The air quotes, and uh, he air quotes, and I want to lunge across the table and break his fingers off. Then quote again, Kevin admitted to having sex with her, consensual sex in air quotes again. He air quotes, I should have just let him read it. He air quotes again. I don't bother telling him that if he tries to make her the liar, then he doesn't want to emphasize the word consensual. So this goes back to our conversation previously. Mm -hmm. Like a female came forward immediately after something happens and nobody believes her. Right. I mean, they're not sure, like the authorities believe her, but like this person is not believing her. They're going to make they're going to do everything that they possibly can. He's my best friend to make it. There's no way he would do this. This girl is lying. They Mm -hmm. were together and she came over and now she's pissed off. So he said that she's going to try to ruin his reputation. Exactly. So Eden finally says, you know, maybe she's not lying. Um, and he then blows up on her. How can you say that? Of course she's lying. Blah, blah, blah. So then that's when we get the chapter. This is, um, I don't want to read the whole, I don't want to read the whole thing, but she goes into like how, um, what happened? And she says, what happened? I woke up to him climbing on top of me, jabbing his knees into my arm. I thought it was a joke. Unfunny to be sure, but still a joke. I opened my mouth. I tried to speak, but only got out the beginning of what? 
What, 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 what is happening? What are you doing? But he put his hands over my mouth right away. So my mom and dad wouldn't hear. They wouldn't hear because my alarm clock was blinking 248 at me from the nightstand next to my bed. We both knew they were fast asleep on the other side of the house. Um, and she just goes on to kind of talk about each minute. Play by play she is watching of... the clock. And this is literally five minutes of her life. Mm-hmm. Five minutes of her life that to her feel like an eternity. And completely fuck her over. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so by the end of it, she says, by 2.53, it was over. He let go of my arms. It was over. It was over, I told myself. When he ripped the nightgown out of my mouth, I started coughing and gasping. I had almost suffocated to death, but he couldn't even let me have that. A simple bodily reaction. He clamped his hand over my mouth. He was out of breath, his mouth almost touching mine, his words wet. Shut up. Shut up. Listen to me. Listen. He held my face still so that I had to look directly into his eyes. His eyes were the eyes he always had, but they burned me now, burned right into me. He whispered as he peeled away strands of tear-soaked hair from my face, tucking them behind my ears, like gently, over and over again, his hands on me like it's the most normal thing, like this was just supposed to be. Look at me, he whispered. No one will ever believe you. You know that. No one. Not ever. So... That's when we finally, you know, that's kind of the first time we hear and see exactly how things happen. Yes, the book opens up with this, but this is the first time she gives us the play by play by play by play. And I think it was necessary for that mm-hmm. to be told. Um, and then right after this, she tells her brother or she she finally tells somebody. I think she the first person she calls she, was Mandy. I think she calls Amanda first. Okay. And... Um, and, you know, Amanda says, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I thought that you knew, blah, blah, blah. And, um, finally she gets the courage up to tell her brother and he takes her. She told Josh first. Right. You're right. She, she calls wrote, Josh. She, and she couldn't even say the word. Yes. She had to write it on the note in the diner. And then he comes. Yes. Because she, she calls Josh him like several times. 15, 20 times. Hangs, hangs up. up. He's getting pissed, but he knows it's her. And then he comes and, and. That's when I was just like, okay, what they had was a real thing. Like, mm-hmm. yes, they there broke up badly gap. because yeah. the, of the age gap situation, and he was pissed off at how she how she lied to him. But like, there were real feelings on his side and hers. Otherwise, she wouldn't have picked up that phone to call him. Mm-hmm. And um, so yes, her brother takes her to. Finally, he gets it through his thick fucking head that this is real stuff. Like his his his, his best friend is a sister. fucking scumbag. Mm-hmm. And his baby sister was horrifyingly, like, assaulted. So, um... You have to feel... I did feel some kind of sense of relief with Kaylin knowing as far as helping to explain how she had changed so much. Yes. And because you, you, you did throughout every time he did come back around, you could sense that he was very frustrated that they used to be super close and she couldn't be close with him anymore. Right. But I mean, and there were, there were things too that, you know, like she was upset with him in the beginning because, you know, even before the rape happened, because, you know, he was growing up and he was older he was and go he to was college. away to college yep. and there wasn't enough to, a, lot, a lot of time spent with her and whatever. You never call me anymore. You know, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it was, I was kind of sad. It was, it was hard to see that. I mean, there was a big age gap between them, obviously. I mean, it must have been like five, four to five years, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, that's a big that's a big thing you know you have an age gap that large five years right is it five my kids yeah it's only four it's only four it's still it's a big it's, it's a decent yeah. age gap so yeah. um after this year it's 
after this year, they won't ever be in school together again. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're not ever going to be in the Mm. same school. So it's, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know, Katie. I don't have a lot more to say about this. I think, I think like we've, we've traumatized ourselves and, you know, do do you have any more to bring up? No, I think I have one more note about um, how she disassociated essentially from when she was having her first random hookup. Um, But we touched on that enough that I don't need to pull it out. I just, I can, I can appreciate I can appreciate the fact that she was trying to heal herself without really actually like trying to heal herself. She was just, she was drinking, she was smoking, she was yeah smoking pot, like all of it because she didn't know how else to deal with to it. To deal with what, what she was going through. It's a trauma, traumatizing thing and nobody yeah. knows how they're going to deal with certain trauma until it's upon them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last thing I just want to say is that, you know, um, if you have been sexually assaulted or, you know, whatever, I just like know that there are people who will believe you. Absolutely. And um, I hope that you're comfortable enough to reach out, find somebody mm-hmm. that you trust and, and tell them and, um, you know, go to the authorities, I guess. And um, go to your best friend. Yeah. Just go to your mom. Find find the person that you know that you can trust and 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 lay that on them because they will believe you. Mm-hmm. They, they will, will help believe you through you. it. Yes. Um. So I guess with that, let's go to the epilogue, right? Yes. The epilogue. God, that was fucking heavy. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> um. I gotta look up. What are we reading next, Katie? Do you remember? The Maid by the maid. what is that? Anita Prose. Yes, I think so. Okay. I think that's right. Um. I'm excited to read that because I it's kind of getting it's, back into our, like, roots. Yes, and it's been on so many, like, it's crossed my path, and it's been on a lot of lists, and it I'm has. like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yes. And then I think Steve um, Pius actually mentioned it at some point in time and said that he really liked it. Um, oh, good. Okay. Okay. But I'm, I'm excited. I am excited. Yeah, I have it sitting on, on my thing, and mm-hmm. I'm like, when am I going to start it? We have to talk about when we're recording so I can... Pick it up. I, it looks like it's going to be a fast read. Absolutely. And I'm going to guess that it's going to be good enough where we're both going to just fucking fly through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, I'm excited to read that. Obviously, we're going to have a cocktail to go with it. I yes. can't wait to see what that's going to be. What's after that one? Um, After that is... Oh, my gosh. Let me look. Let me pull up our list here because I'm not sure, guys. Uh, Give me two seconds. Here we go. I just bought all of them. I, I know. I <laughs> oh, have, Hello Beautiful, I think, is the next one. No, it's The 100 Years of Lenny and Margot is oh, the next okay. one. Um, Hello Beautiful was the next one that I needed to buy. Hello Beautiful is after that. Then The People We Meet on Vacation is after that. Then This Time Tomorrow. And I have not updated our list, but we did talk about two we're more. adding The Golden, Com- Golden Compass. So The Subtle Knife. And then we're adding The Punishings, I think it's called. Yep. Yes. So, Which I believe is Tony's friend. Yes. Or, yes. I don't know. His friend of the friends. pod, Tony and yes. his friend. Yeah. Um, another local, a local, local author. author Localish yeah. author, yeah. So I will update that and get that up on the Instagram at some point soon. Um, speaking of Instagram, you know you can follow us there at TV Red Pod. Nice segue. <laughs> um, that and Twitter, though I haven't, I haven't been updating the Twitter as much because people don't. People don't pay attention to Twitter. So here's very much. what I want to say. Instagram is like fucking the thing. I like it when you do the Twitter thing because then I can find the author and retweet yes. it with the author because mm-hmm. I like I feel like 
I don't know. I really enjoy when the author of the fucking book likes, likes the it tweet. Or yeah. It. yeah. And I'm yeah. like, maybe they'll listen. Maybe. Oh, I was thinking about that today. I'm like, I got to go back and retweet and, and tweet about the one we just did the um, for Philip Pullman. Because Philip Pullman, I follow him on Twitter. And I, I love him on Twitter. He's such a sweet little, looking little old man. I'm just like, oh. Is he? Yeah. I'm just okay. like, oh, I want to be Philip Pullman's friend. Fuck Jen McIntosh. She met him. She knows him. She introduced, introduced him to Egg Drop Soup. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can get our podcast on Spotify or Apple and, uh, rate, review, and subscribe, please. We need those five-star ratings and we need some, uh, some reviews. We would yep. love to have them. Um, uh, we hope you enjoy listening to us. We really enjoy doing this together. We really do. Um, I love reading with Katie. I love talking about it with her, even though like sometimes we cry. Yeah. <laughs> All of this is just yes, perfect. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, so please, everybody, join us next time. When we make your to-be red pile one book shorter. Bye. To-be red pause. To-be red hosted by Sarah Westcott and Katie Willey. Produced, edited, and mixed by Chris Turo. Logo concept art by Rhiannon Kenfield. Graphic design by Steve Pius. Theme song, Read to Me, written and performed by Austin Maffa.